Bum, 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 It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads. My name's Jeff Shefford. And I'm Daniela Phillips. Take two. Thanks very much for joining us once again. I didn't press record the first time around. <gasps> oh, no. This is classic me. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for joining us once again for Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. This is episode three, um, Terraform or Series V, um, which is Series 5 in other languages. Um, and just, we'll just quickly do the admin. <laughs> which again. We've already done. So, what, you've got a new job, Daniela? Yep. and that'll be good um and tonight i have got a film uh absence the same old one absence in the national uh film awards uh which is tonight and hopefully we win best film and i've signed up for a half marathon you signed up for a half marathon i I can't believe how would you do have you done anything like it before i've done i've done a 10k um so (laughs) a little bit less than a half marathon i'm gonna train for it 13 miles isn't too bad Yes, yeah, it's, 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 I'm hoping to do it in about two hours. Isn't that what normal people do the real marathon in? No, no that's, that's about four right? hours. So you think you think you can do thirteen miles in two hours? I You'll be running so. seven miles an hour. I'm that's reasonable. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm captain of uh, the football team. Awesome. That's that's cool. Um, I used to play five a side football. <laughs> did you really? Do <laughs> yeah, you want to come did. play from a five a side team? No, I'm good though. No, I don't know if the kids will kids will suit you. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's all the admin out of the way. If you do want to uh, get in touch with us about anything about this new format of everything at once, let us know. Either when you finish watch uh, listening to everything, or episode by episode, we do like your feedback. Um, yeah. Tell us what you want more of, what what you want less. That of. was my line last time. Yeah, I know. This is <laughs> this is a new it. era. This is take two. Where I take credit for everything. Uh, <laughs> so thanks very much. Um, hey, and if there are adverts on this, um, oh yeah, we did a whole like sex advert skit. That was good. We can't do that sex advert skit again. Oh, it wasn't you missed funny. out. I thought it was. Funny. There was a whole sex advert skit. Jed said pleasure. I said the word pleasure. Can you? <laughs> Saying the word pleasure on a podcast. So does that mean that I have to put the explicit E next to it on, on, on iTunes? I think it depends on the context. We're talking about sex adverts. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm all, I, I don't know. It's a lot lot less discussion than yeah. this one. We haven't I think gone into a, the porn adverts. Yeah, well, there was a bad word in, in the previous episode and I didn't I didn't declare it as um, explicit and we got away with it. So that's one over on iTunes for you um yeah so let's crack on with the episodes um hopefully you're liking the series so far we are this is the best series yeah, frankly it's a good one even, even the bad episodes are are better than most good episodes from other series the worst episode probably in, when i was younger was either hollowship or this one we're talking about now terraform but yeah i've grown to appreciate hollowship for all its all its good points and all its all its bad points as well i mean i as I, as I get older, I learn to I learn to appreciate all the more adult 
things. And that's a bit of a, a sexy episode as well, isn't it? Um, this episode, when I was little, I didn't know what half of things were. I didn't know what half of his, like, the the emotions that he was going through were at the time. Because when you're a kid, you just don't know. You just think, oh, wow, so there's multiple rimmers. Yeah, I guess he's a really good character to do this on because the other characters aren't so deep and don't have a backstory. He's so. more multifaceted, yeah. yeah he's he's Because um, basically he's one of the few characters that has a, a real internal conflict. I guess mm. Croyton has a little bit, but he, he's a robot, so it doesn't count. So this internal conflict we've seen in like series four in like the episode Justice, where he kind of has an outside um, kind of he, he portrays himself as a as a, like a, a snakehead and but quite confident with it, but internally he feels real guilt and real inf- he has an inferiority complex. Um, and in this episode, it's explored even more because um, we see the literal manifestations of these conflicting emotions in, inside Rimmer. And I was probably most excited because I think this is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time Rimmer says Miladikins. Yeah, I don't know how many other times he says it, maybe a few times. But I he usually that. says Milado, doesn't he? I like Miladikins. Miladikins. Okay, I'm going to call you that from now, Miladikins. Ah, thanks. <laughs> um, so let's crack on. So uh, it starts off with Crichton looking a bit worse for wear with, um, we see it from his point of view, and it's kind of a, a computer screen simulation on on screen looking like a kind of a commodore 64 loading screen but we're doing this better so far than we did last time i think are we okay i think so i think okay. it's this is more like seven out of ten rather than the four out of ten okay. we had before um and yeah so he's in the in the a crashed wreckage of starbug i don't know how many times starbug crashes but it's, it's plenty of times and his memory has been slightly wiped Pizza the pizza's here, here. <laughs> pausing this for a second yeah so that was a pizza break back onto the episode so yeah so Crichton he has he has made a spider like tarantula like uh, creature with his hand and uh, the his eye which is taken out and placed on his fingers it's quite clever it's quite clever and the, the amount of times I've tried to do that hasn't quite worked though I've just been to the doctors about my hands um I wanted to see if they could give me a crying <laughs> hand they've got beautiful hands there you must admit I'm not I'm not trying to discourage or disparage my know. hands I think my hands are better no, I think it's like goth's hands because you've got goth. like yeah you've got like a black band around it and you've got like dark nail I've got polish. a hairband on my wrist and I've got it's red absolutely nail goth. I bet you've got like an upside down cross on like your other wrist <laughs> You're nope. trying to you're trying to be uh, Ali Sheedy out of Breakfast Club or something. No, I don't look goth at all. I've got a white t-shirt on. And... The trick, the trick, me. Um, <laughs> so basically, Danielle is a goth now. No. Um, he uh, Crichton uh, in his um, state sends this creature that he's created out of his own body parts out to the world to save him. If you were in that situation, Daniela, what body part would you send out <laughs> to innate, um... to ensure someone would come and save you? My foot, because my foot is pretty distinctive. So I think whoever saw it would know this. Distinctive in what way? Like I have the Phillips toes. Oh, well, well, oh <laughs> uh, should I ask? <laughs> so my my toe next to my big toe is longer than my big toe. Okay, that means something. I can't remember what it means. It means that you're Phillips. <laughs> no, it does mean something. I can't remember if it's good or bad. Good, I guess. I don't know. Next time your mum's your mum's here, I'm going to ask her to take her, fi- her shoes off. Well, she's not a Phillips, so she doesn't have the Phillips oh, tie. My dad your does. Dad. Right, okay. If you're listening, uh, Daddy Phillips, I'm going to get you to take your shoes off. If that's Nobody what, wants that. Enough. Just just to check your theory. <laughs> okay. You don't want to see anyone's toes. People with foot fetishes, 
No, I don't is, understand it. Don't, what like, are you doing? Oh, There's no. other things to, to, to fetishize about. Like what? Before, what, Jed? <laughs> I mean, if you're a guy, women have loads of things you can fetish about besides disgusting, smelly feet. They're not smelly. Not, not saying yours are, but in general, I would oh. say the majority of the world's feet is probably... I don't like strangers' feet. I'm comfortable with my own feet. <laughs> which is which is handy because they're attached <laughs> to the rest of your body. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if I was in trouble, I would send my foot and okay. I think my mum and dad would recognise it and come and help me. That is a good shout. Yeah, how about you? I would send my pits. No, I'm joking. Oh, would... yes. no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, you um... have to be able to find it. Oh. I can't get out of that, can I? <laughs> Wow, <laughs> cat's got claws. Meow. No, I don't know what I send. <laughs> I don't want to send anything now. I'd rather die. Um, okay, so <laughs> basically, uh, Holly on board uh, Red Dwarf, she uh, detects uh, this kind of creature. And um, from security footage, um, it looks like old CCTV footage, which is kind of weird for the 23rd century. And uh, Holly t- tells Dave, uh, and Dave don't, Dave, don't forget, he has a real fear for spiders. I'm with him on this one. I'd be terrified. I mean, I'm not scared of spiders, but I I wouldn't want it, like, in my mouth or anything. Though we eat, like, about 50 spiders a year or something. Is is that... What's the stat? No, I don't know. I always get this wrong. So 14, I think. 14 spiders cross our face or go in our mouth? In in our mouth, in our lifetime, I think. 14? Yeah. I can guarantee you there's never been a spider in my mouth. I can guarantee there's not been one in my mouth. Okay, so that's 28 spiders that are not accounted for, guys. So someone <laughs> you, else, you've, you've taken our share. Someone else is getting like sixty odd, sixty four spiders. I have like a spidey sense because um, two weeks ago I woke up in the middle of the night. It was three o'clock in the morning. And I could just sense something was wrong, and I put the light on <laughs> in the what corner. Then, there was a spider, so I got the Hoover out to kill okay. it. Um, but yeah, so your spidey sense is a little bit different from Spider Man's spidey sense. Yeah, his spidey sense is to detect criminals or danger, and yours is to d- detect spiders. Yes. And to kill them. Yes. So you're like the anti-Spider-Man. You're... Yes. Okay. Okay. My uh, super, super, as you as you've asked, my uh, superpower is <laughs> is throwing things from really far and getting them into bins. I'm okay. really good at that. That's a pretty good skill. Yeah, and just general catching as well. Like this woman fainted. Like she was behind me and she fainted. I could just f- kind of feel her going down my back. Turned around, caught her before she hit the floor, oh, that's and good she was of you. pregnant. Oh, that's really good. Boom! Well done. Saved two lives in one. You um, you deserve like a medal. Do I don't know who's right to to get one? You're not Jimmy Savile. No, I do try though. I just keep writing to him, <laughs> and it doesn't work. A bit like Santa, I guess. Yeah. So, so Holly informs <laughs> both like having small children on their knees. Oh, comes once a year. No, <laughs> sackful. No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Dave's at uh, <laughs> Dave Lister is at uh, console. The spider basically cl- climbs up his up his leg. I loved this scene. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It was funny. With him and Cat just typing things out, and I'm yeah. thinking, why doesn't Cat just speak to him? The face, the face acting on on both of them oh, is great. It's brilliant because Cat's uh, right next to Dave, and Cat uh, can see the um, the spider as it crawls up his leg and it's because he doesn't want to alarm dave he thinks the best way to do it is type out on screen so this is quite it's quite a hilarious scene really yeah i love this scene but i thought it's great yeah it's kind of like old like t- text chat on um schools and colleges when you used to like chat to the person next to you via a chat 
Do you still do that? Or MSN? Did you, did you used to do MSN, Daniela? I used to at my cousin's house. Um, <laughs> I wasn't allowed. Um, I didn't. Well, no, I wasn't allowed. It was a case of I didn't have a. Com- I didn't have internet. <laughs> I was okay. about eighteen. Okay. I was so like, which, is, which is good. My, no, not my pets. My dad, like, is such a philistine. He philipstine. Fi- good one. Um, he he doesn't like any sort of technology. So, um, yeah, I didn't have internet till I was about eighteen really? years old. I think that's for the best, really, especially as you're a girl, because guys are just mm. rubbish online. Okay, yeah, fair. You know, you've seen those adverts on TV, warning girls about guys asking for, like, pictures and all kinds of stuff. There's adverts about it? Yeah, there are now, yeah. Quite, quite wow. awkward ones. So, yeah, so so be careful online, girls. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, though, I, th- I think. I mean... <laughs> you can't see the face I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, Cass and Lisa have this conversation via via computer about something crawling up Dave's leg and they believe it's a tra- tarantula. Um, of course, we know it's not a tarantula. It is Crichton's hand with an eye on it and it goes up to the keyboard and types out uh, that Crichton needs a little bit of help. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. This is a good scene, which is yeah. sadly unappreciated. People don't really call back to this bit really? oh, that's, a, that's a shame because i thought it was it was really funny i laughed out loud i think it's a really this. good idea yeah um and they go and they, they basically follow the uh tarantula kind of creature um to where Crichton is and they the only problem is that in order to, to kind of free him they've got to cut him cut him in half basically being not the most technical minded people they don't really know if they could do it at the other end but they wouldn't give it a shot anyway it's the only way to get Crichton back onto red dwarf and as they kind of are on there the planet starts to erupt around them so they've got to be fast and then they get back into starbug and they land by lowering the caterpillar tracks which i don't think we've ever seen seen um on red dwarf before caterpillar tracks not that i'm aware and yeah and they basically to to kind of escape this kind of hellish planet tearing apart they uh yeah they they just drive away and during their drive um cryden tells them they're on a sci moon the 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 kind of like sci moon is is a very sci-fi concept and we've had it in things before for instance it was in total recall where they're trying to terraform a planet to make it more sustainable um, for human life. So that's the kind of the first time I've, I've come, I came across like a terraforming situation. Because I don't know if I saw this, when this Total Recall come out in late 80s? So this, this was after um, Total Recall. Yeah, so I kind of knew the concept of like a, of this episode and what was going to happen. Um, but they, this was called the Simon, which is effectively the same thing. And what was happening is Rimmer is the kind of the host for this Simon, and it's changing in line with Rimmer's psychology. Psyche. Psyche, that's the one. And as soon as you hear that's the case, you kind of... You know it's going to be quite dark. Yeah, because we know inside Rimmer there is some weird stuff going on. He's quite a tormented soul, I think. That's true, but that's because you like you love him. I I would call him more of a smeghead than a than a tormented soul. Though if there was a sign moon, right, and you were the kind of the host, you were the thing it kind of modelled itself on. What kind of things would be on it, Daniela? Um, guessing cute sleep, and furry things. Sleepiness. Just just a big bed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lethargy. Yeah, uh, yeah, any sort snacking. of cute animal. Probably. Might have to edit this for time, Daniela. Sorry. No, I I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, what's in my side? I think mine would be 
kind of like an 80s neon wasteland with just like kind of bars and arcades and flying stuff and just cool things going on concerts everywhere like an 80s music video really yeah like like night of the comet basically not just <laughs> night of the comet that. lands yeah that that'll do um and Danielle's once again stuffing her face with, with pizza just mm. so you guys uh know can picture out there yeah so uh also um being the kind of the host of a sign of of a sign moon it does sound like it'd be quite good if there was a planet modeled in your image but it, it's not quite as good as as you think because rumor's in real danger because he has a physical form of uh being destroyed by his own psyche really and it's he's a prisoner on his own sign moon yeah it's it's kind of a weird concept um i mean we got and it's, a, it's another episode of Red Dwarf a bit later on and in a future series where a, a similar kind of scenario happens. Okay. Which is it's a, lot, a better episode than this one because this episode, I find I, I find it hard to say anything positive about really? it. I mean, there's individual jokes that kind of like hit home all right. The spider hand thing's pretty good. But just overall, I get so bored with this one. Oh, but I mean... You've you got to try and put this into the top 10. Come, Please come, don't. Coming up is probably my favourite scene to date are you kidding what is going on well hang on <laughs> all right, I can't, right let me just think of the scenes that are coming up no i can't think of any good scenes maybe besides serious? the very end no well, well, should we okay, come to it okay, and then you okay, tell me okay. and i'm gonna i might start smashing stuff if it's what i think it is um they're driving uh throughout this wasteland basically and uh rimmer is has been taken prisoner by his psyche and he's in a kind of a lair it's just your, your favorite bit <laughs> wait for it where um he is basically being uh, lathered and oiled up. They're, they're oiling his nipples. They're oiling his. This is your favourite bit. No. Okay. No. <laughs> they're oiling Rimmer's nipples no, and making him supple. Um, it's the bit that comes yeah. next. And we don't know why. We think it might be some kind of like sex thing or something because they're two kind of semi-pretty handmaidens. But I think when I was little, I thought these handmaidens were like the bee's knees. Now, my tastes have changed. What do you, what do you think, Daniela? Hot or not? Not. I think you were such cow. Can't believe you said that. I think you're probably when you're younger, you have less exposure to females, so your your bar is probably set differently. I guess so, but but I mean, I I I, I could still watch movies and TV shows, so I guess I saw a million females. So so what they're doing isn't some kind of like sex thing. It's to prepare Rimmer for the master. (laughs) Um, And this is my favourite bit. Okay, you explain it then if this is your favourite bit. With a mouthful of pizza, explain I, why this I is your no favourite bit. I have no pizza in my mouth right now. Okay. So my fav- this completely floored me. You can see his face after they say it's preparing you for the master and then he starts coming out and he, then he sees he's basically a monster and he thinks, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he thought he was about to get raped. <laughs> and that absolutely floored me. I could not stop laughing. Did you, is that what you read in this in this scene? Because I don't think I read that. Is that yeah, true? Maybe of course, I got it wrong. of course it is. Because he thinks he's about to be raped, and then he's like, "Oh, thank goodness!" When he sees it's a monster. That's true. I I read. Some, I think I've been you reading something. Completely. I didn't miss it. I read something different about it. I thought he. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah, but why it's is that your so favorite? Why is that your favorite? It's bit? the way it's played. Like Chris Barry just plays that brilliantly. It's just his face, and then yeah. the, oh, you know, when this he is peak Chris Barry, get by the raped, way, it was hilarious. I guess you would though. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of guys go through that scenario where you're relieved for that not happening, but I think he portrayed that well. Um, and hopefully, I never get to uh, 
make that a face um, <laughs> dark times on this podcast so uh lister Crichton, and cat they're trying to find uh rimmer basically uh trying to find his location and what they do is they encounter a graveyard and again when i was little i didn't really know what was going on here i didn't understand these were like uh, metaphors for like uh, like Rimmer's psyche I just thought they were just other monsters or oh, like really? other characters okay. well, when, you, when you're like 10, 11 you don't know what's going on I, do I you? I think I got it Wait. well I guess you, you, you were hang on no I was really advanced on Little as well so they, they see a graveyard and in the graveyard you saw you see various different things on the grave all relating to parts of Rimmer's psyche um, big and small yeah exactly like his confidence has died and his his, um, his self-worth etc um and it's just it's just parts of rimmer that many years ago he's lost because he's he's kind of become this meghead he is and as things happen in your life you do kind of say for, for example self-confidence if everyone's telling you a smeghead every five minutes you will your self-confidence will die at yeah. a young age i think your your confidence goes up and down different points of your life Mine's steadily getting stronger really steadily stronger god knows how i'm going to be when i win this award later on You'll God. be unbearable. Do you think I'll win it? I don't yeah, know. I no, I don't think I don't think I will. Best yeah, mine's cer- my my confidence certainly goes up and down. It certainly does, episode by episode, like usually. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a face full of pizza now, so confidence is high. And uh, yeah, so I think it's a good, it's a good like looking back at this episode now. It is a really good way to illustrate the various different parts of Rimmer. And yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I've seen it done before in films, and yeah, we see things like self respect died age twenty four generosity age nine self-confidence age 22 so it lasted quite a long time actually self-confidence yeah honor age 12 charm at a young age generosity age nine what could have happened who knows yeah and then they see if some freshly dug graves and you know this is small parts small um parts of rimmer's psyche that's just about to go and these are a fresh dug grave for hope they know they have to get to rimmer in time because if hope dies then the planet will kind of just crumble around them and they'll never get yeah. never get home. Rimmer is about to be tortured by his own self-hatred. That is basically a beast that's the the, the kind of the dominant uh, part of his conscience. It's the thing that kind of like rules him the most. Because we all have one part of ourselves that kind of like leads the rest. In Rimmer, it's self-hatred. What part of you would you say, what part of your psyche r- rules you the most? Maybe fear. Yeah, I think it's the same as me, but I think mine's fear of failure. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which means I just keep doing stuff until it works. But do, do you think there's, you have any self-hatred in you? I don't think, I think hatred is quite a strong word. I don't yeah. think I'd have any self-hatred. Like but sometimes, I think I'm going to give you an example now. Say you do, say like you're eating an ice cream, right? Yeah. It's a Cornetto. And uh, if for some reason you got it for 50p instead of like £1.69 or whatever. Two flakes in it, right? Mm. Looks like the nicest Brainless. ice cream ever. Yeah, a nice cone. It's not one of those wafer thin cones. It has a chocolate on the inside of it. It's ice cold. It's a beautiful sunny day outside. Yeah. You go to take a bite and you drop it on the floor. Do you go, oh, well, I'll just get another ice cream. Or do you go, damn, damn you, Daniela, damn you to hell. Uh, I don't think I'd do the latter. I'd probably be annoyed with myself, cause I, but I'm quite a clumsy person anyway, so I'm kind of used to my clumsiness. Okay. So I've kind of like come to terms with that side of me. You don't slap your head and go, stupid, stupid, stupid. No. Okay, nor do I. Nor okay. Do I. But yeah, I think I am driven by the just desire just 
I guess we all have it. We want people to like us. Yeah. That's the main thing. And people like you more, I guess, when you're not being a klutz, I, I guess. So the fear of fear of failure is, is, is kind of closely linked to wanting everyone to like us. Mm, and you, you possibly overcompensate as a result of that. I know I do. Are you, are you just psychoanalyzing me there, Daniel? <laughs> no, no, I psychoanalyze myself. Okay. Tell us about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's um, Deep Insider, Daniela and Jed. Uh, for, for basically, this week. my my mind is basically just going to dis like go if you went to Disney World. That's basically for it. real. It's just like Disney inside my brain. So it's like on the outside, it's all nice and fluffy. The inside is just dark and creepy. And that's that. Nothing creepy. That's what Disney is. No. Oh yeah, they treat their stuff like like rubbish. Maybe Disney World Paris. Maybe maybe that's better. Because it's dirty on the outside as well. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, a little bit of French in my mind. <laughs> what? Mais oui. Je fais un peu de... <laughs> Not <laughs> your face. I was going to start <laughs> doing the podcast in French. Go on, can you, can you do it? Uh, How good is your French? Uh, c'est bon, c'est bon. Oui. Okay. Yeah, Ma c'est it. beaucoup de temps ne peut parler français. Um, I can only speak a little bit of French. But there's lots of... It's been a long time since I've not spoken French. Just before the torture begins, uh, Lister Crichton and Cat, uh, they take a shot at the self-loathing beast. It doesn't really have an effect. Basically, uh, Rimmer notices that they're trying to help him and the beast takes a kind of a step back. Yeah. And we don't know why yet. Yes. We don't know why. But you can this guess. This is such a clever concept. See, this it's is a clever. good episode. No. It's a good having, episode. Having small bits of cleverness in an otherwise mediocre but episode you've not, doesn't... You've not said... A, you've not pinpointed a particular point of the episode that's bad. Okay, okay we'll, we'll, I'll get to that. Okay. I was going to like get okay. to the end. Um, okay, so Rimmer realises they're trying to help him and that's what sends the, the beast back. And he's basically his uniform is back on, his hologrammatic uniform. I don't know how they... um. Got rid of his uniform in the first place. Yeah. So they're getting back onto Starbug, and but Starbug is still like trapped in the kind of muddy depths of Rimmer's psyche, which kind of looks like mud in a swamp, which is probably what my mind looks like uh, a swamp. And uh, they go past like uh, the wood of humiliation and uh, the chasm of hopelessness. Rimmer basically explained uh, where he was, and and that he was about to be tortured by his self hatred. Uh, and after and after this, he kind of tries to deny it. He kind of denies that he has any self-hatred and this makes him sink further into yeah. into the swamp uh, because he's not really admitting uh, the and situation. I feel really sorry for him in this scene. I did. It's quite pitiful, but I think if he just admitted it in the first place, like... It, but I guess he, he always wants to seem like the leader, even though he isn't. He wants yeah, to seem like I a g- tough guy. I guess he's the highest ranked. He wants to project kind of leader... Kind of yeah, status. even though he isn't, I think he he tries to be the person that he, he thinks he should be rather than the person he is. That's true, yeah. We also see when they're in, in, in Starbug, we see kind of the evil hordes trying to uh, uh, get to them. So we see all, all the bad parts of his, of, of his psyche kind of come towards the ship. Um, and it's, it's not looking good for the crew. They're slowly sinking. Every time they say something bad about Rimmer, like Rimmer is your fault, it sinks a bit bit further in. But um, then they kind of work out, or Crichton uh, works out, because he's the clever one, that it wasn't the uh, the kind of volley of, of, of um, the bazookoids that kind of pushed the, the beast away. It was them being nice to him. So they formulate a, a plan together that they would... Well, first of all, they... They say let's, let's have a little mini meeting, and because Rimmer's not included, they drop down further, which further cements 
the theory. Um, and then they decide they're going to be nice to him. So they, it's a bit creepy, really. They kind of like go around him, put their arms out, Aww. and they go, "Oh, Rimsy, we we love you, really, mate. You're one of us." And the um, and and Starbucks starts to to get um, some traction and uh, starts to rise. And also, another thing that starts to rise is the good parts of of Rimmer's psyche. Yeah. And they rise in the form of like musketeers. Yes, and they fight like little Ewoks. Yeah, which is the bad parts of Rimmer's psyche. Yes. So it's the musketeers versus the Ewoks. Me, reminded me of the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be great. So yeah, so 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 like Rimmer's like self confidence and his kind of faith in humanity and all that kind of stuff comes back to save the day. Um, and yeah, they they get enough lift to for Starbug to escape. Um, and Rimmer at this point is full of self confidence again. He's really happy, and he's like, "Ah, oh, these snakeheads that he, he, well, he believes they're snakeheads, really do like him." Yeah, I think it's you know they're my friends. Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, once they are safe, they then reveal to him that unfortunately this was all the trick, and uh, they think he's a snakehead. Which I think is so sad. It's so sad, but I don't think he does himself any favors, does he? No, but you know, at the same time. It's, you know, I don't think anyone deserves not to have friends. You need someone, especially when there's only like four of you on that ship. I guess the last, the last human alive plus his dead mates and the cat. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever felt sorry for Rimmer because he put them in that situation in the first place for having such like a messed up mind. Um, I don't think it was his fault though. But like he has deep seated resentment for himself because he, because he doesn't admit to his flaw, unless the inquisitor is there, he doesn't admit to his flaws. He backstabs other people. He just tries to make himself better than other people. But if he just admitted deep down that he's like scared and he's frightened but and he's ruled by like self hatred, maybe then they'll see some vulnerability in him and just think, okay, he's one of us. He's like a normal human being. He isn't just a snakehead robot. Maybe, but then he wouldn't be such a fun character to watch on Red Dwarf. That's that's true. That's true. But this episode, to me, it wasn't that fun. It had it had, it had some good elements in it. I give you that. I loved it. The spider thing with the eye, um, and just just the concept of being nice to Rimmer to to escape from the situation is a real nice touch. Um, and again, in the grand scheme of things, this is better than a lot of episodes from the yes. other series. But within the context of series V, aka series five, I think it's the worst one. It's the worst uh, one by far. I, I think worst is the wrong way to say it. Like, I think Hollowship and The Inquisitor are better, but yeah. I still think this is a great episode. Okay. Okay. Well, this makes me scared about um, this Mecha's charts. Let's, before before we come to that, let's see what Tom Stab thinks. Don't forget, Tom Stab is stuck in the black hole, Daniela. Where? In the office, it just, just, it's just a black hole that appeared. Okay. And you know what? It appeared one day when you, when you were kind of looking a bit shifty. So I don't know if you've put Tom Stab in this. If you're, if are you anything to do with Tom Stabbing in, in a black hole? I'm asking you straight. Uh, no comment. Okay, let's see what Tom has to say. Hello, Tom Stab in the Dark. Are you there, Tom Stab? Nope. And that was Tom Stab in the Dark. We'll try and see him next week. And that was Tom Stab in the Dark. Um, yeah, very strange goings on, Daniela. I haven't got a clue what's going on. 
Okay, very, very strange. Um, let's see what the people on reddwarf.co.uk think. So what do the guys on the reddwarf.co.uk forum think of Terraform? Uh, Stephen Simpson says, It's a brilliant Rimmer episode where we delve deep into Rimmer's mind. We're smegs. Yep. Um, Simon, who is, uh, he writes essays usually. Terraform, another Rimmer-centric episode. Another good one in my opinion. The scene with Lister and Cat typing out their conversation at the computer is a Red Dwarf classic. Totally agree. It's probably dated quite badly for those who can't remember text adventure games. I think they got the self-loathing beast just right in that I think it was far more menacing being just off screen than it would have been if it got more screen time. Good point. Uh, JMC2000, Terraform, my chief objection, again, he hates everything. My chief objection to this episode is a lack of rationale for the Moon. Why does it exist? What was it made for? It just seems like a bit of a liability. Good point. Um, and I think we'll go finally to DJ McBell. This is what he thinks of Terraform. An episode I'm reasonably okay with. By far the highlight for me is the Tarantula bit. Um, I've played a few text-based uh, games before. I believe that the self-loathing beast was created in full but really didn't look good in film so the only bit you can see of the model itself is the brief bit of legs and then the shadows which do look a bit stiff. Oh and it's Rimmer's mind out there. Expect sickness. So he likes that bit. During film and I think Craig nearly fell off the boat when he was trying to light a cigarette on one of the jets of flames. Great outdoor set by the way. Uh, thank you very much for contributing, guys. Um, and that's what the guys on the forum think. Actually, Phoebe says, Phoebe says, another strong rumor episode. I think he was the best choice to visit the psyche of, since he has the f most interesting personality in the show. Seeing things from Crichton's point of view when he was damaged at the start of the episode was interesting, and I liked it a lot. Thanks very much, Phoebe. And that's what the guys on the board think. And that's the views from reddwarf.co.uk. Wow. Yeah, oh, a lot of people agreeing with me there. <laughs> a lot of people are agreeing with you, which is weird. Um, but the main thing is, like, I don't. So I guess it comes. It's that time. <laughs> come to the Smegheads charts, Daniela. If this is anywhere near the top ten, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to smash stuff. I'm gonna go all <laughs> it's Hulk. It's better than Creed. How is it better than Creed? Nothing. <laughs> hardly anything better is better than Creed. There are a few episodes in series five that are better than Creed. Well, we should have put Quig near the top at the start because now it's just been pushed further and further <laughs> down. And here's the Smegheads charts. Number one, Polymorph. Number two, Backwards. Number three, Thanks for the Memory. Number four, Maroons. Number five, The Inquisitor. Uh, last week's new entry. Number six, Justice. Number seven, Better Than Life. Number eight, Stasis Leak. Number nine, Quig. Number ten, DNA. Does Terraform get top ten? I think it just misses out. Okay, so let's go down what a bit do you further. Think? Yeah. I kind of agree with you. Um, so let's go down a bit further. So at 11 is Hollowship. Number 12 is Time Slides. Number 13 is Parallel Universe. I think it's better than Parallel yeah, Universe. Yeah, so I'd probably put it at 13. At number 13? Yeah. So just below Time Slides? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I agree with that. I, I really liked the, uh, as, I, as I talked about on the podcast, I really liked the scene with uh, with Rimmer and the uh, the monster. But, um, yeah. yeah. You, for some reason, you liked that a lot, didn't I you? Did, I, I did, I did. I thought they really, were so uh, funny. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's in the top ten. Okay. So, uh, Terraform is in straight in at number 13. And that was the Smakehead's Charts of this week. And that, my friends, was a mess of the Smegheads chart. 
Um, and that's the end of uh, episode three. Uh, where can they find you online, Daniela? I'm on Twitter at Daniela of One L Phillips. And on Instagram? If you want to see pictures of my food, uh, Daniela Daniela's Monica Phillips. Feet, maybe. If you want to see, do you want to see my feet? Actually, the there are feet. there are pictures of my feet oh, on uh, Instagram because I went and had a pedicure on uh, Friday. Friday of Fridays ago, and yeah. last Friday and uh, I had to wear flip-flops back on the DLR because they weren't dry yet oh, so I had man, to I even a photo worse. and put it on Instagram did you wear flip-flops on the way there no 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 I had trainers uh, okay. god messing around with other people's feet is my worst nightmare that's okay. crazy okay. you can find me with n- with no feet ever, ever, ever even mentioned on my social networks at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D on Twitter same thing on Instagram postpoprecords.com for my record label postpoppodcasts.com slash smokeheads for a link to wherever this is and pretty soon there'll be a link to my Star Wars thing online Ooh. just follow me on Twitter and then you can see if you're into Star Wars then you'll probably like this um, so thanks very much for listening to, to this episode. Um, I guess I'll see you in five minutes when you'll probably just binge watch, spoil everything and binge watch binge and listen soon. to episode four, um, which is... Uh, Coming right up. Yeah, what's episode four again? What's the next episode? Quarantine. Quarantine. I love quarantine. Everyone loves quarantine. So yeah, listen yeah, to it. It's going to be a good one. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Makeheads is produced by Jed Shepard, that's me, and it's part of the Post Pop Network. If you want to find out more about what podcasts we have and what records we release, go to postpoprecords.com. Also, check out Monkey Tennis.